This is Andy Falco Jimenez coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California with my friend Todd Frazier. Hello, everybody. How I are just you? smacked Already the microphone. The mic. I'm sorry, I everybody. You were a I, I know. I just I get too excited. Sorry. Well, I don't have a lower third that says your name. I am so sorry. I, I'll fix that. Oops, I'll fix that a little bit later. I'll forgive you eventually. Right, we'll get rid of this. I, I want to jump right into why you're here. Yes. And that is you're running it. for the Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District uh trustee, is what they call it. Trustee area four. Area four. Thank That's you important. And uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say who you are, and then I want to get right into some of the major uh, issues that I want to approach. But you're a business owner mm -hmm. at Fraser Industries Incorporated, which uh, is a, 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 in your Belinda. Yep. All right. Well, it's technically in Anaheim, but I'm area four. It's on Lakeview, just just north of La Palma. Perfect. <laughs> you're a licensed CPA uh, and a business development strategist. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That sounds important. Oh yeah. You should talk to me about it later. You're an author of Burn Your Plans and Do Things. Yep. I love that title. Your podcaster, digital media specialist who hits the mic with his hands, uh, happily married for 20 years. Yeah. You're happily married. I, yeah. You'd have to ask Tammy <laughs> what she thinks. I'm happy. Your high school sweetheart. Yeah. That is crazy. Uh, father of three PYLUSD students, and you've lived in your Belinda for over 30 years. Yes, sir. So that wraps that up. So that's enough of that. That's enough. Bio. <clears throat> I want to hit something really important, um, at least to me, mm -hmm. uh, because it seems to be an issue few people not a lot uh but a, there was a speaker at the school board meeting mm. on tuesday who brought up uh, an issue about your faith and and quite possibly she might be also talking about me i'm not sure yeah uh, i think she's she's talking so this kind of seems to be we'll watch the clip because i think it's glad it's good that we have the clip to watch um this seems to be the thing that comes up most often oh really by the opposition wow. it's weird all right so let's, let's i don't know this woman's it. name but let's listen to what she has to say Let's do that again. <laughs> Who do you represent? Do you represent all of your constituents or just the ones who look like you, think like you, and pray like you? There have been posts and videos by some of you, some of your constituents, and some candidates running for school board that tell me that my senior at Yorba Linda High School and I do not fit the mold of those that you represent. We are Jews. We are not conservative Christians. We may look like you, but we do not pray like you, and we don't think like you. But as trustees for this district, you are supposed to represent us, all of us, because we live in Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District. Your job is to choose the best curriculum for all the students, not a curriculum that fits your own ideological views. There are posts from your supporters celebrating a potential conservative Christian majority on the board. Well, if you want a Christian education, go to a Christian school. Just like if I expected a Jewish education for my kids, I would send them to a Jewish school. This is a public school district and religious ideologies do not belong anywhere in our classrooms or in the curriculum. Thank you. So, Todd Frazier, you have to yes. that. 
Well, it's interesting. So first of all, I appreciate this woman coming up and being willing to speak at public comment. I've done it many times at several board meetings. Um, and it's, especially if it's not something that you do a lot. I mean, I speak a lot to a lot of people at a lot of different places. That's, that's a lot to get up there and, and say something like that. Um, now, I am really concerned because that is the thing that keeps coming up about myself and Rich running, Rich Engel running in Area 5 is that because we're Christians, they've made this leap that we want to make Christian education part of PYLUSD, which two things. I've never said that. Rich has never said that. I don't think I've ever heard you say that or any of the people that we are involved with and people that are excited about us running Nobody that I've talked to is excited about us putting Christian curriculum in to the district. So first of all, that's a leap that's been made on no evidence that I know of. Second, it is a public school district. And so we cannot make religious education part of PYUSD. That's not even an option. And if it was as a Christian, it's not my job to convert people. That's my beliefs. That's my views. That's how I have, that's my worldview that says I have standards. There is good. There is bad. And as much as possible, I try and live by those standards. And it's not my job to enforce that on anyone else. And that's, that's where I think the leap gets, it's really, it's concerning about how people just think if you have the name Christian label Christian to you, that they feel like you're going to make them believe the way that you believe. And that's not at all what it is. I, I believe that I, that what I believe is true and I will stick to that. But as far as the position that's that I'm running for at, uh, at the district as a board trustee, we're going to take religion out of the cur curriculum because I think the thing they don't realize is the things that they're putting in the curriculum with the CRT. They're trying to put that in, which we've blocked it. So now we have to enforce it. SEL, social emotional learning, uh, some of these wellness programs, everything related to, uh, even when you get into the pronoun issues and, and pushing transgenderism, that is a religious ideology. It's not Christian, but it is a religious ideology because of the way that they defend it is it's because, well, it's what I believe. So therefore you can't tell me I'm wrong. And you don't want it out because it's against Christianity. I, I don't want it in there because we don't need, we don't need religion or politics in the classrooms. Right. I remember when I was a kid, I don't know about for you, but when I was a kid, I didn't know the way my teachers leaned politically. I didn't know what their sexual preferences were. That was nothing that ever came up in the classroom. And I think that's how it should be. However, we've gotten this idea recently that teachers have this obligation to share their religious and political views to their students so that they can help them choose what they think is right, mm -hmm. as opposed to letting the parents do it at home, which is, I believe, where it should be. If you want to teach your kids things at home that I disagree with, go for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. However, in the classroom, we need to teach math. We need to teach reading. We need to teach a traditional American history. We need to teach science. Like that's, that's what school is about. And then there's an element of socialization and respecting authority. But other than that, that's where it stops. Absolutely. So, okay. I think we got that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> it'll come back. It'll come up again. Well, and it's interesting though, because th that is the thing that most people say. There was a post uh, yesterday, uh, I think on one of my Instagram posts, where somebody says, all of you that are excited about Todd running, are you okay with his homophobic views? And I was like, well, first of all, what makes you think I'm homophobic? Where's your evidence to that? Right. Is it because you're linking it to me being a Christian and therefore you're saying all Christians are homophobic, so therefore you're classifying us and saying, well, every Christian 
has to believe this way because that's what I've been told before actually talking to someone and asking questions. It's just, they're making leaps and bounds without actually having information um, and or talking to any of us really. Right. Yeah, I love that, that, that attack. Um, mm-hmm. my, my aunt was uh, uh, gay uh, and her wife, I guess, even back in the 60s when I uh, you know, first met her when mm-hmm. I was young because I was born in 62. Um, and I bring that up because even back then, they live together. They they travel together. They come over to house and stay together. I love both of them. They're amazing yeah. people. On the Fourth of July, we went to uh, Hetty and I went to a friend of ours' house. He's gay, and his husband was there, and they had we had a great time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and that's pretty weird of a homophobic person. Yeah, absolutely. One <laughs> we have kind of we have uh, gay friends and family members, yeah. and we've had them over to our house. We've had them at family gatherings. Yeah, like this is not just because someone believes differently than you, which is I think something that the that the left especially is they've keyed in on is if you believe differently than me, I can't get along with you. Whereas I feel like me personally, and many of the conservatives that I know, if I disagree with you from a worldview standard or uh, anything related to how we should live life, I'm okay still getting together with you. I don't have a problem with it. I'm not going to force any of my views on you, but if we have things in common and we're friends, I've got friends that I disagree with. That's the whole point of life. If you agree with everyone, then you're, you need to get outside your bubble. Yeah. And that's what I uh, mentioned yesterday on the show is that I love my kids going to a public school because people ask mm. me all the time, why are you not homeschooling your kids? Why are you not putting them into a Christian school? I said, yeah. well, I, I'm trying not to because I love having my children in an environment where they are experiencing other races and other religions and, and other uh, uh, people of other you know, decisions that they make in their life, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And they learn how to do school together, how to do sports together, yeah. how to go to dances together and have a great time. This is going to be their world. Right. So I want them to uh, gain knowledge and, 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 and even do projects together with people that may not think like them yeah. and learn how to work with people. Like well, that. Because that's real life. Yep. I mean, the, the whole purpose of this, yes, we need to get, educate our kids in, in basic baseline things. And the kids that are really smart and are going to be doctors and lawyers and attorneys and CPAs, they need an extra level of education. But real, the reality is we need to get them ready for life. And in life, you have to get along with people that you disagree with. You have to get along with people that have lived different lives than you, that look different than you. That's, that's reality. So if they're not able to be in a, an environment now where they can start to learn some of these differences and as parents, we can talk to them about things and, and help them deal with situations that if we didn't have them in these situations, they deal with on their own in real life, things could go very bad, right? Those of you that are watching, if you uh, have a moment or you can comment, if you have any questions for Todd, make sure and put them in the comments. <clears throat> I should be able to see them and, uh, and I will do my best to get to your questions, but uh, also let us know where you're watching from. And, um, and even if you have a question that something that we say that you don't like, we would love to hear yeah. that too. We love opposition. Um, well, because to- we have to communicate. I think that's another thing that's lost and I'm sorry to jump in, that's okay. but if we're not willing to communicate with others in a, in a, in a very respectful fashion and say, I have a dif- I, I disagree with what you said there. This is why let's talk about it. Because if we can't do that, we're never going to be able to get along and come together and unify and bring our kids up in the way that they should be. Perfect. So. All right. Um, so we got that out of the way. That's an important one because, again, you say that it comes up quite often. often. And one of the most common things that you get asked about. But I also want to bring into what it is that you're going to bring 
uh, to the school board mm -hmm. in relationship to being a CPA? Why do you mm -hmm. think that's important uh, to bring? So there's always, there's a saying that I like, follow the money. And whenever there's an issue in an organization, whether it be um, a government organization or a big corporation or uh, a religious institution, if there's big problems, typically, if you follow where the money is going, that's where you find the issue. And, and as a CPA, I've had experience with audits. I've sat in front of IRS auditors for my customers, and we've gone through paperwork and documents, and I've gone through um, audited financials and compiled financials and things like that. So I understand the way things should look. And when something comes up, like one of the first board meetings I remember going to there, they were going through financials and they flashed up on the, the screen and I was looking at these and there was a couple of numbers that I thought looked way out of place. I didn't know what was behind them. I don't know if you, when you break those down, where those actually go, but those are questions that I want answers to because as a district, um, based on what has happened in the past and what's happening currently, we're losing students. That's, that's a given that's happening right now. Our test scores have been flatlined, if not gone down over the past several years, not just COVID. And there's a lot of people that I think are, are a part of the problem, not because of who they are, but where they're spending money because our kids need resources and, and to, to get the things done that we want done in schools for our kids. And, and that is at large, not just individually for me, what we all want, what's best for our kids the finances are a big part of that because we can, we can supply or deny resources based on the amount of funding that we have for different things. So my experience with that, I think is going to bring a whole nother level of, um, of basically of guidance and oversight to the district that doesn't exist. So. Do you think that it's, um, well, number one, we're, we don't, we're lucky enough. We don't have a teacher shortage here in Placentia. That's true. School District. Mm -hmm. Um, but we do have what's called a special um, special education aids or special aids, mm -hmm. um, yeah. which uh, I guess assist teachers in their mm -hmm. classrooms. Mm -hmm. We do have a shortage of them. Right. Um, with the decision to go with online programs in the school classroom, mm -hmm. which is not going to give the interaction of a human being being able to tell a child, hey, right. you need to do this differently or you need help with this particular thing. And being there and seeing what they're struggling with, the computer can't do that. No. <clears throat> At least not yet. Um, right. Someday, spending, but if it can, then we, yeah. <laughs> who's writing that code? That's what we're, I want We're know. spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think it was $630 on just one program alone for a year. $632,000 for the program. And there was another 170, I think 170,000 for training. Yeah. It's a lot of money, <laughs> but those kind of things that I'm, I'm looking at and I'm saying, we need to look at this. Yeah. Is what, this really the best solution? Wouldn't, would it not be better to put more aids in the classroom? If the teacher is that overworked in the classroom of 25, 30 kids or whatever mm -hmm. the, the number is, I think it's yeah. somewhere around that number. I have one teacher say, well, I only have 20 kids in my class. And so I'm wondering, I had that in my class mm -hmm. and the teacher didn't seem to have any problem educating sure. us, but that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother. Yeah. <laughs> if they are having trouble, why not take that money out of a, uh, you know, from spending it on online program, which the kids hate mm -hmm. and actually bring human beings into the classroom. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, I think we are, we're missing a question is why is there an issue in those classrooms? Is it behavioral? Is it because they didn't have the education they needed in the previous year to be able to stay up to speed? Like we don't have the answer to that question. That's, that's another thing that I think is, is really surprising is I don't see people asking questions, the why question, right? We have, if we have an issue where we don't have, um, we, we have teachers who are overwhelmed in their classrooms, what's the reason? 
and and maybe they're telling somebody, but it's not getting to the right people. And two, there's a lot that I think falls on parents as well. Right? Honestly, we we as parents, I've got three kids. You've got twenty kids. Is yeah. that right? <laughs> um, you got a lot of kids, but Five but we have forward. we have a responsibility as parents to assist in making sure that our students are doing the best they can and they're respectful to their teachers and they're, they're paying attention. So it's, it's a really a joint relationship, but there's so many of those different factors that we can't just say, Oh, we need more technology. That's not a good solution. Or, Oh, we just need more aids. That might not be a right solution depending on the class, depending on the school there, there's so many different factors. So. And having that aid, I think in in addition to what you just talked about, but the teacher's uh, two eyes and the Mm -hmm. uh, aid's two eyes are going to be able to look at a child and seeing them struggle. A computer, again, cannot do that. See them yawning. Right. Yeah. Uh, They're not engaged. Um, Not engaged, maybe even crying or have a sad face. Mm -hmm. As a police officer, I I know for sure I was in sex crimes uh, and and family crimes, which dealt with a lot of uh, issues with children. And the first uh, reporters and the mandatory reporters of teachers were a number of the the, um, the first time that we would get a report on a child being abused. Oh, and a yeah. computer cannot cannot do that. No. Um, and so I just want to address that. That's you know probably a small mm-hmm. uh, portion of the kids in our school, but it's an important issue. Yeah. That a computer can't also take uh, uh, can't take care of, but uh, and having another human being may be able to do that. Well, and the other thing about the technology side of that is. There needs to be a face-to-face human interaction, especially for kids as they're developing, to be able to understand interpersonal communication. You can't get that from a screen. And the way that kids have gone, I mean, all three of my kids have phones and only one of them is on social media because we're, we're limiting that as much as possible. But they are learning to communicate through technology and they're losing the skill of looking someone in the eye, shaking hands, speaking directly that's being lost. And that's a skill that also comes with a teacher being able to see, oh, Johnny's not acting right today. Something's different. Normally he's this way. Well, just the other day, uh, our daughter's coach said, hey, is Bailey, all, is, is she all right? We, she just seems a little bit off. And so, and we were talking, you know, she's got a job now and life's just different. And so, but he recognized that because he sees her on the court and that's something that he says, you know what? something's different and and they sense it and they know them pretty well the teachers that pay attention and there are so many good teachers that i love our kids teachers so oh yeah for sure i was talking about one for my son who's uh, in fifth Mm -hmm. grade and he's uh, not really liked school that much uh, up to this point but um this teacher has changed his life Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just i know it's it's early it's only the first couple weeks of school but uh never had he has he come back home from school saying man i had a great day today that's awesome. And he, has, and he does now. Yeah. And he talks about how they sing um, God Bless America after saying the Pledge of Allegiance. You do really? Yeah, That's awesome. awesome. That's very great. cool. Uh, so I want to get, I'm hitting uh, some of the hardest uh, or most important subjects, um, but sometimes uh, some of the most uh, common things that we discuss at school board meetings. Yeah. One of those things is teachers unions. Yes. Um, uh, I, I, we had a number of teachers in the last school board meeting get up and say, we are Apple, which Apple mm-hmm. is the, the local teachers union. Yes. Uh, who's also a part of CTA, which is the California Teachers uh, Association, who's also a part of the, the bigger teachers union, <laughs> the, yep. the national one, who has kept kids uh, out of school for uh, and still want to keep kids out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have, at least up until the beginning of school, talked about masking kids. Right. 
and CRT issues and all that. They all want that in our schools. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it bothers they want, me. As they a, want the ideologies yes. in the school. They, I have not seen in the past two years, especially a lot of push from the unions, especially the, the top unions, the federal education and California teachers association, a push for academics right. and increase in scores. As a matter of fact, they've taken away standardized testing. You know, they they've taken away. You don't take an SAT to get into to many colleges anymore. You don't do that. Why? We we have to have anyways. The, they're well, they're ignoring my, my question before yeah, you, sorry. you interrupted me. <laughs> no, I say as I'm, a parent, I I I just want to say that I, as a parent, I want my kids to um to be challenged. Yeah. Um, with education not challenged with deciding what gender they are mm -hmm. or what pronoun they're going to use. Yeah. And this is really just not, this is a, a really a strong push from the teachers union. And every mm -hmm. time I hear a teacher say we are Apple, it, 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 uh, it's a little bit disturbing mm -hmm. that they feel that strongly about it. And uh, I just want to know, is this something that the school board, do you think with what you've uh, looked into mm -hmm. as you're running mm -hmm. that the school board can have um, a say in, in regard to uh, the teacher's influence on, curriculum and what's happening in their schools. So there's something that we have to have some sort of separation. When a teacher says we are Apple, I have a question. Does that mean that everything Apple says you agree with, or does that mean you're just a part of the union? Because I think there's two different types of teachers. There are teachers that are all in and everything that the teachers union says they believe hundred percent. There are several teachers that are part of the union that disagree with a lot of the things that are being said. So this generalization of every teacher that's part of the union believing with all this stuff that that the teachers union is being very political. They're pushing politics. They're <clears throat> they've got signs all over town now. Well, they're starting to get signs all over town that are for Karen Freeman and Carrie Buck that at the bottom very boldly say paid for by Apple Teachers Union. So the funds that are going to the union are paying to uh, campaign for these two candidates that don't align with a lot of teachers' views. And so when, when a teacher says, we are Apple, first of all, who's the we? Yep. You can say you're Apple, but you can't speak for everyone. Um, and second, as a, as a board, we deal, with the, we deal with the unions and we negotiate contracts, we negotiate uh, benefits and all those things, the things that unions can be good for. They can be there for collective bargaining and things like that that are good. Once you start getting into trying to set curriculum from the teachers union standpoint, that's where we need to we need to cut some of that stuff off. I think there's a lot of value in saying, hey, you have expert a finger on the pulse of what's going on, teachers union in theory. So help us learn what's the what's the new textbook that is good for this. We will look through it and decide if it's good or bad for our district. Um, but there's, there's been this, um, this push towards teachers are the authority, not parents. The union is the authority and they're the experts because they have some sort of association with an educational organization that not everyone agrees with. Right. So another statement that was made by a teacher at the school board meeting <clears throat> was, um, if you, if you hate teachers unions, then you hate teachers. <laughs> yeah, because so uh, my, my friend Ed likes to stand up in the beginning of every public <clears throat> statement that he makes. He says, teachers good, union bad. 
Right. That's his always his starting line. And I, I agree. Te- there are so many good teachers and I have friends that are teachers that are really solid teachers that want the best for the kids that they want to teach the education, but they're being, uh, they're being, uh, really handcuffed by a lot of the things that are being pushed down from Sacramento. And they don't want that. They want to be able to just teach the kids. So when, when you look at that and somebody says, well, if you say the union is bad, then all teachers are bad. You're practicing collectivism and you're, I mean, that's this whole cancel culture idea is that if you're linked to someone somewhere at some time, then therefore you are them. And therefore everything that is bad about that person is bad about you. And that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. I know a lot of really, really good teachers. I know a few teachers that are very, uh, they toe the union line. And there are probably people in the union. I'm going to say this and don't come back at me. If you do, just come directly at me. There are probably employees of the union that disagree with some of the stuff going on in the union. However, the big picture of what the union stands for all the way up to Washington is pushing ideology as opposed to education. And that's the problem. Just really quick. <clears throat> so sorry, I got a frog in my throat. Uh, this is called app opt out today. Oh, you can't see it. Get it in there. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and they actually, I filled it out online. Uh, the link is in the description for this particular broadcast. And you just fill it out and then they'll send you, they'll not only give you a PDF version online, but they send you a letter from opt out and then you can, Sign it and send this into your teachers' union. And what's this for? This is for teachers to opt out of the union. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I probably should have said that. Thank you. <laughs> no we, problem. We, actually, I, I need another host uh, <laughs> um, on the show. Uh, but um, yeah, so you, it has all the information that you need to opt out uh, of your teachers' union, uh, teachers who are afraid to do so. Yeah. Well, <clears> I think I, that's another interesting thing. So in the special meeting um, the other day, uh, there was... Uh, Ed got up and, and said his thing, but then he talked about a couple alternatives to the uh, the teachers union, the Apple Association of, of uh, Placentia Lend Educators. There are a lot of alternatives that many teachers don't know about. It's like, so I was, I worked at a grocery store when I was, I don't know, 17, the Vons before it was 24 hour fitness way back in the day. I'm OG Yorba Linda. Um, but I had to pay, I was so upset because I had to pay union dues because I was part of the grocery workers union because I was an employee. And I was like, this is really silly. I don't understand why I have to do this. They're taking, I mean, I wasn't making hardly any money right then, but still it was money. And when you're young, every dollar counts. Well, every dollar always counts, (laughs) but especially especially then. Right. (laughs) Um, So, so I was, I was very frustrated and I had to go to the union offices to do something. And that was my first experience of saying unions, I have to pay for this. I don't have an option to not pay for it. If I would have known I could have opted out or gone to another union and had less dues or something and get all the benefits that I needed, I would have absolutely done it. I think it's the education of the teachers to say, you don't have to go with this if you don't want to. There are alternatives. Now there's, I know there's collective bargaining things and there's things that go along with that um, protection wise that are still good, but there are alternatives and you should look into that. Today's the day and age of the internet. You can find anything you want. Yep. You just got to look. Got to be willing to, to take a little time. So Absolutely. Nicole says collectivism. Very well put, Tom. Thanks, Nicole. Very nice. Um, so I just want to know your stance on this. Are parents terrorists? And um, <laughs> do they have an opinion on what happens in our schools? Uh, no, parents are not terrorists. Oh. Uh, that was the most um, 
how do I say this? Insane statement <laughs> I think I've ever come out of the federal government. Parents are terrorists. No, parents care for their children. Parents want what's best for their children. Parents are responsible for raising their children, not any system. There are situations, yes, where students live in a home where things maybe aren't going well and there is abuse. You've experienced that as a police officer. That happens and we need to fight against that. However, that doesn't mean that you use, I'm going to use collectivism again, Nicole. Uh, collectivism doesn't mean all parents are bad. One parent bad doesn't make all parents bad. Just like one uh, the union bad doesn't make all teachers bad. Same same logic there. Stay with me. Um, but the parents are responsible for raising the children. The school is responsible for educating the children and teaching them to work together in an environment where they have people that have differing opinions and worldviews and backgrounds and economics. And, and that's the job. This is a, this is a big issue that I think parents need to continue to stand up. We're all starting to see the light. We need to stand up for our parental rights. It is not the system's job to raise our kids. It's our job to raise our kids. And the system, if the system can help some in education, great. But that doesn't take away the responsibility of the teacher, of the parents. Right. Rather. It does seem to me that the, the two um, candidates, they're not candidates, they're, uh, what do you call it? Incumbents. incumbents yes. Incumbents. Yes. Uh, which is uh, Carrie Buck and Karen Freeman. Mm -hmm are their constituents are the teachers unions yes and yours and rich's constituents are actually the parents the parents that and several teachers <laughs> like that's the other part is i i don't know i haven't met as we've been canvassing and walking and and getting to getting to know a lot of the neighborhoods around in area four and area five there have been very few parents that we talk to them about what's been happening and what what we are, what we stand for. And they've said, Oh, I don't want that for my kids. And many teachers are like, yeah, I don't like that. They make us push that. Right. So, I mean, I think there's, there's a, I don't want to be cliche and say silent majority, but I feel like there might be a silent majority, especially in PYL USD. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. One thing that I want to hit also, and I'm glad that Dora brought it up. Here, Hi, Dora. And that is an issue with another candidate mm -hmm. who essentially is um, coming from a conservative standpoint. Yes, so he says. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which is um, essentially splitting the, the, the vote, splitting the vote in, yeah. this, in this area. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is Steve Sloss, and you'll see his signs around mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the sign competition out there, yes. our, our community. Have you seen my sign on Orange Thorpe, though? Yes, eight foot by 24 foot. Yes, uh, it is. It's awesome. so fun. It's a, uh, it's a fantastic time. Shout out to PJ printers. Thanks so much. <laughs> Steve Slauson. Um, uh, and this is one of the things he says that you're new to the area. So we'll get back to that. You can hold that yeah. one onto that one. Um, but also you guys had an agreement. Yes. Right? Did you not? Yeah. So there were, he would not run if you got certain endorsements from correct. political parties. So in, in May I spoke at, uh, a Republican group, a Republican club in Fullerton at a sizzler. And I'm being specific because it was a specific incident and he was there and there were several of us that were there on our team. And after that, we got to talk. I hadn't actually met him before. So I officially got to meet him and we talked and he seems like a nice enough guy. I don't have a problem personally with Steve Slauson. Um, and so we were talking about it and, and he was saying, we got to get Karen Freeman out. I said, yes, 
Karen Freeman doesn't need to be there anymore. He, and he said you know, him, he was running. I said, I'm going to run. And then another gentleman said he was going to run. And all three of us agreed that whoever got the OCGOP endorsement would be the candidate. And then we would support that individual in their campaign. So it was a one versus one and nice and easy. So we shook hands, looked him in the eye. I, I felt confident. I was like, good. Well, in July, I received the OCGOP endorsement. And he actually happened to be at the meeting where I got the endorsement. And he was surprised. He didn't know that I had received it. And I said, well, are you still running? And his comment to me was, well, I have to run. I've already spent $20,000. And I, two questions. On what? One, what have you sent, what have you sent, or what have you spent $20,000 on by July when really you can't even start campaigning till Labor Day? And two, if you were possibly going to drop out, why would you spend money? That makes no sense to me. So that started getting me talking. And then he, he got frustrated that I had got it and he didn't get it. So he went to the GOP and he, uh, he made some pleas to be able to get uh, an additional um, go at it. So you were there that night. Um, and we got a candidate for him at the OCGOP. And um, we, uh, we went, each of us got three minutes to speak. And then we, they asked us questions and I ended up getting the endorsement again. So I've gotten the OCGOP endorsement twice and Steve is still running. Um, again, I don't have anything personally against Steve. He seems like a nice guy. It is very frustrating that if he is a conservative, like he says he is, that he's willing to keep, keep running and split the vote here in an area where we're very heavily Republican. Like where if you look at statistically registered voters, uh, Republican and independents outweigh uh, Democrat voters almost three to one. Wow. So that's a that's a big deal. And the fact that he's still running is making a lot of us question his motives. <clears throat> and if he said that to me and and didn't live up to his promise, that makes me concerned for a it, lot of reasons. If you really didn't want uh, the the incumbent on the board. That, that would you that just have be, one opponent yeah. that would be the utmost thing and again I, I talked about on a, on a show uh, that I did previously that when you have issues in your background that keep coming up I don't know if they're true I right. don't know if they're true right but how, how come they keep coming up why not just say okay this we really need this election we really need to get to to have um, a, a conservative uh, parent on the school board mm -hmm. uh, because for years, uh, we've had declining uh, attendance in schools mm -hmm. for years before yep. Leander. So nobody can blame Leander or Sean. This and been not, happening and for before a COVID. Period, right. And the grades have been going down for mm -hmm. many, many years. Again, that's a reason why we voted Leander on and Sean on. Um, if, if the focus is to increase the grades, increase attendance, good quality teachers, good quality education. If that is your focus, why would you do that? Right. Um, and again, we have to look at the background. I've, I've, I've known you uh, since COVID because I mm -hmm. first saw you on a podcast for uh, Friends uh, Church. Mm -hmm. And um, and a lot of parents have looked into your background. Uh, I've met people that know your parents. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know the character of the person, quite often you have to look at their parents. Mm -hmm. And your parents uh, have a, are upstanding uh, citizens of, of this area. Everything that I've heard about them is fantastic. Good. There's nothing has come up. And I've asked about you. Uh, being a police officer, an investigator, <laughs> my wife being former uh, FBI, um, uh, uh, contractor. Yeah, she probably got, she probably has people. <laughs> She's not found anything. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so this, this is the thing. 
he could, like you said, he could be a great guy. I've said this too. Yeah. I don't know. No. The problem is when we look at the candidates, I think being a CPA uh, equally as much as not having any negative things that I can find in your background, mm -hmm. it, it, it sets you in a place where we should only have you running. Mm -hmm. Steve can run later. Uh, yeah, if you'd uh, like to at some other time, maybe move to another area. <laughs> but I, don't, I, you know, I just don't understand it. It makes no yeah. sense. That again, I just want to say this: this is the focus. Yeah, and take your ego out of it. Right. And I even said that before, even this all began yeah. to happen. And, and so. in addition to just the GOP endorsement, it's been down the line because I've gotten the California Republican Assembly endorsement. I've gotten the Lincoln Club uh, of Orange County endorsement, which we we both went the same day to the interview for the Lincoln Club. And I got the Lincoln Club. I've got the endorsement of all four sitting board members of the Orange County Board of Education, which is a conservative board that's fighting for our kids. I have the mayor of Yorba Linda, Carlos Rodriguez, the mayor pro tem, Gene Hernandez, uh, Kevin Kiley. I just recently got his uh, endorsement, uh, California Assemblyman. And then the, I think probably the thing that speaks to it the most is I have the two the endorsement of the two conservative board members on the PYLUSD board. I have Leandra's endorsement and Sean Youngblood's endorsement. So if you go down the line of all the people that are putting their their reputation on the line to say, I think Todd's the guy, it, it seems pretty obvious that I, I'm the guy. Yes. So, and I think I'm the guy, otherwise I wouldn't be running. I want to get a shirt that says Todd's the guy. Todd's the guy. <laughs> and it makes no sense. And again, I just want to go back that you, you didn't just go and ask a friend that's in one of these organizations and say, no. hey, you have to go and interview application. You have to fill out an application and, it, and many of them are very lengthy of the questions you have to answer about what you believe and how you, um, how you plan to govern and all those kind of things. And it's a, it's a long, it took me days to fill out the GOP endorsement uh, application. And then the Lincoln club, same thing, the CRA, the same thing um, that's California Republican assembly. And, and it just, it's a lot of work and you have to think about it and they're not going, they're not giving these out lightly. These are, right. these are important that they're willing to stand behind. So um yeah, Karen says uh, Steve is financing his own campaign because he does not have community support. Todd has huge <laughs> community support. It's huge. <laughs> I'm telling you, his community support is huge. And doesn't have to pay people to walk for him. He's paying people to walk for him, apparently. That's what it sounds like. That's what I, I, heard. I haven't are... seen the receipts. Right. We don't so sure. we don't know for sure. But That's... he did say that at the, uh, at the candidate forum for the OCGOP, the second time that I got the endorsement, um, he said to the group, I'm planning to spend $60,000 of my own money, but I might take donations now. And I, and I was thinking to myself, you don't, you have no donations. I have, I mean, the community support, Karen's right. And Dora's saying the same thing. Um, I have been here for 30 years and the people that I am getting messages from that I haven't even talked to for a long time. They're like, I'm so glad you're doing this. You're, you're, we're so excited that you're willing to stand up and fight for our kids because the, all of the, all of the people that are parents, many of the people that are parents, I hate using absolutes because it's yeah. rarely true. Yes. Cause I can't say it's, it's never, never true. true. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but they're, they're, they're saying this is, this is great because we know you, you've been here, you know, us, you know, our kids, you know, you know what it is that we want for our children and you represent us well. 
So I'm, I'm honored, honestly, I'm honored by the community support. I'm humbled by the outpouring of people saying, I want your sign. I want to tell my friends, give me 10 signs. I'm going to go walk my neighborhood. Like it's really, really cool to see how the community is, is really unifying under this and saying, let's, let's make a difference. It's time. We've been sitting back for too long. I'm guilty of it too. Sitting back and being complacent saying everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're okay. And there are more things coming down the pike that we that we really need to be ready to stand against for our kids. And you brought that up. I was going to go to something else, but this is important. Um, one of the things that I always saw that was very strange is that we had, as parents, uh, I was emailing the, the superintendents. I know a lot of other parents were doing this too. Um, I was also emailing the school board members and even Orange County um, uh, Board of Education. Board of Education. <laughs> And even the, um, the Orange County Board, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the county, um, and saying, "Show me the proof of any of these things that you're using mm-hmm. to." And I'm going to avoid saying the words because it'll shut down. It'll, yes, they'll, they'll take it offline. But show me any proof of the scientific proof that what you're doing to our children over the last two years actually works, or that right. show. I just want to say, and I said, "Here's my scientific studies that I found and proof and." And everything else you need to know that what you're doing is not working. And in addition to that, it's harming the children. Mm-hmm. And always the argument was, well, this is what's coming down from, you know, Sacramento, or Orange County or yes. the federal government. And I said, I don't care. We have churches that, that fought back. The church mm-hmm. that I attend, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, they never closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have other churches up in uh, uh, northern parts of the country. And I think even in, in Temecula that didn't close down. Mm-hmm. And, and they fought took, the state. And they took the hit. Yeah. And they won their lawsuits. Mm-hmm. And my argument was. As, as a grown adult who's responsible for the health of our kids, both mentally and physically, during that period of time they're in school, mm-hmm. why are you not fighting back? Right. Um, are you somebody that would promote fighting back? Because they seem to be a bunch of, uh, I, I don't know what other word to use. I only know bad words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, a wuss. They, How about that? Are you going to be a wuss when it comes to fighting no. back about something, even when it says Sacramento or Orange County, whatever? Well, I think that goes back to what I said earlier about it's not this. It's not the system's job to raise our children. It is the parents' job to raise our children, and the system, the educational system specifically, is in place to educate our children. And there is some socialization of saying you need to respect authority. You need to understand how to work with others in an environment where you may not all see eye to eye. That's important. That's why we do this. However, the things that are coming down from Sacramento, especially the sexualization stuff and the things that are happening with, um, I mean, I haven't seen them here, but I've seen children going to drag shows for, um, I don't know why. I don't understand what the point of that is. That has nothing to do with education. And if it's about being who you are, I don't want my kids seeing them saying, this is who we are. That's not something as a parent, as a parent that I want in the classrooms, just like the woman that spoke at the beginning that said, I don't want Christian curriculum in the classroom. I, I can, I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but I agree. That's not where it, that's not where it belongs. So the, the concept of things being pushed down from Sacramento or Washington or wherever they're being pushed down from, if they don't belong in the classroom, I am going to fight against them being in the classroom. Leandra has been fighting against them being in the classroom. Sean has been fighting against being in the classroom. And Rich is going to fight against them in the classroom. And now potentially, now Rich is a litigating attorney. 
I'm a CPA. I know stuff about finances. Rich is a litigating attorney that knows the, knows the legal way to, to get into fighting some of this stuff in a way that makes sense for a district. And I just, I love the, the, con the concept of saying we've got an ex police officer. We've got an ex firefighter. We've got a CPA and we've got a litigating attorney on yep. the school board. That's a really strong group of people to fight the things that are coming down out of Sacramento. Absolutely. I don't know if, so some of you may or may not be uh, familiar with AD 1184 that deals with the medical treatment for students on campuses that really kind of rolls into potential medical clinics coming to campuses where parents don't have to give consent for students to get medical treatment. And that ranges from getting medicine, getting a shot or other, um, what are they calling those wellness services? Um, gender affirming care oh, yes. without parental consent. That's not okay. That's the job of the parent. Yeah, there was a name that Linda Cohn gave it the other day that uh, that's in the bill. It says um, to protect from parent intervention or right. something like that. They, they want to separate the educational elites want to separate the children from the parents so that they can teach the children however they want them to believe so that then they will fall in line with their political ideology agendas in the future. And mm -hmm. we're not having it. And this isn't a Christian view. This is just no, a parent view. This is a parent view. <laughs> okay. This is a, absolutely a parent view. I want to play this video. And I, um, I, this is on topic. Uh, it, it, it reminded me that I had this clip from the video. This uh, parent speaks often and always has amazing things to bring up that we need to be aware of. And so listen to this and then let me know. Uh, then I have a follow-up question after the video. Cool. So don't jump in. Okay, I won't. <laughs> Here I'll go. wait. Stephanie D. Brent D. And Maria Stubbs. I'm a language arts teacher and an avid reader. I love that books force you to imagine plots and characters, and they go on to live with you after you put books down. But recently, my daughter was assigned a book and innocently opened it to page seven where she where it read, hey you, I knew your mother. Did you know that? I knew her real good. I took her from behind by the creek over there. What a tight little sugary C-U-N-T she had. That was page seven. Her teacher had given her no heads up, so she Googled the plot and decided she could not study it. She was told that the book had a difficult chapter, but it would be skipped. Have you ever handed a kid a book and told them not to read a part of it? Spoiler alert, they do. By the way, other teachers did not skip it and played an audible version of a very descriptive rape in their class, and this rape is central to the story. I didn't get your permission to read it to you, so I will not expose you to the imagery that goes on in my mind since I did read it. It goes on to include an attempted suicide. Parents were never warned, never asked to discuss this with their students, never given an option to skip it. So most of us never knew the images being put into our students' heads and the thoughts and feelings that they may have struggled with are sorting out rapes and suicide attempts. Great job, district. And it's been going on for years because members of this board approved this book to be in their hands. Why do we settle for this? Why do we want this for our kids? This book should be on library shelves and sold on Amazon, but it shouldn't be in our classrooms. If it was shown as a video the way it is written, it would be distribution of child porn. Good job. So my, my follow-up to that is that we... My wife and I, we went to El Dorado and read the entire um, sex, ed, sex ed curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, and, we, and I've done it for some other things too. 
Now that's all well and good mm-hmm. that we can go and see this curriculum and you guys can improve it if you're on the school board yes. and, and all that kind of stuff and, and look at the different things teachers are using as a guide. But how is it and what, what do you think that, if you have any thoughts on this, how can we keep teachers from going off script mm-hmm. and doing what uh, apparently happened in this situation? Yeah. Uh, handing out books that were not approved by the board or mm-hmm. parents that voted for you. Yeah. So there was actually one of the questions on uh, one of the, I don't remember which one, one of the endorsement applications that asked specifically, uh, what's your feelings about banning books in the school? And, and my, my response was very simple. It was, well, banning books in school is not what is being done. We are limiting the books with subject matters that are not age appropriate for the children that will be reading them. I do not believe that a book, I can't, I couldn't tell what book that was, but that's not, if you have a book that you have to tell your children, Hey, there's, there is a chapter that is not age appropriate for you because it brings up things that either you don't know about, you shouldn't know about, or even if you're an adult, you probably don't want to read, then skip the book. There's plenty of options. There's lots of books that are very, very good. And they're extremely uh, beneficial to educate our children with. So it's it's not banning books. It's limiting the exposure that our children get to topics that should be left for the home. And I think that's completely appropriate in school classrooms and in school libraries. There are some of the things that I've heard about in some of these libraries, our district libraries, that I do not believe should be allowed. So here's the problem. The question that you asked was, what am I going to do about that? We need some sort of reporting system because everything that we, that we, we just banned uh, CRT. However, how do we enforce that? We need a reporting system that's built in so that students and parents and teachers can report and say, Hey, look, this happened. Uh, here's the information because the problem with the reporting system is people will just frivolously report stuff. And if there's, there's somebody they don't like or a teacher that they, they don't want to be a teacher anymore, they'll try and ruin the reputation. So we have to be careful on how we do that. But that's something that is going to have to be done very quickly uh, after I get elected is saying, we need this reporting system set up. We need it to be um, complete. It's not going to be perfect, right? Especially right away, because there's going to be things we have to change and, and get to get it right. But we have to have a way for students, parents, and teachers to report these kind of things because that's what's happening is the stuff that's being brought in under the radar, whether it's YouTube videos or websites or, or even just paper handouts that are not part of the curriculum that's approved. That's where this stuff is seeping in. Even in, so in the meeting where we banned CRT at the district, there was a letter written by the president of Cal State Fullerton. Yes. And it said specifically spelled out by the president of Cal State Fullerton, we teach our teachers, which by the way, we supply most of your student teachers to your district, PYLUSD. We teach them to use CRT, SEL, and wellness ideas entrenched in their teaching strategies so that it doesn't have to be in the curriculum. He wrote a letter to, I have a copy of the letter. Karen Freeman read the part where, where he said they can't teach without these things as if that was a good thing. Right. She wanted us to be able to say, well, we, we have to accept CRT. We can't ban it because these teachers right. know how to teach it in their strategies and it has nothing to do with curriculum. That's scary. 
and it's real. And the people that are saying it's not there, they're not paying attention or they're not willing to look. So we need a reporting system. And I don't know exactly what that looks like, but we need to have it available for students, teachers, and parents. And we need to have some sort of way to vet the reports that come in because that is a serious thing that we have to handle. I'm going to throw this in there, but I, you don't have to comment if you don't okay. want to. But uh, I, I believe we should have cameras in the classroom. Now, no, that's, that's no, that's interesting because okay. I see both sides of that. Okay. I think cameras in the classroom is a is a great idea from the standpoint of transparency, because you can't hide if there's always a camera on. Okay, because if let's say the board members or somebody's going to go uh, go into a classroom, a parent says, "I'm going to come observe." Well, the teacher knows you're coming because you have to. You have to get approved. You have to sign in. So it's not like, so they're not going to do their lessons that day that are the problem. If they're doing things that are against the guidelines, they're going to hide it. Plain and simple. So if we have a camera that's always on, you can't hide stuff. And if you do, you got to be very sneaky about it. And then it's going to be kind of obvious. The other side of that is how can that footage be used against specifically the teachers and also possibly be used against the students in a way that a big brother issue that we don't want. So I, I think that there is, there is a need for transparency. Are cameras the right answer? I don't know. They seem like they make a lot of sense, but there's a lot of things around that, that I think factors have to be considered um, before we just say, Hey, we're putting cl- live stream classroom uh, cameras in every classroom, because what about predators that are watching certain students? Like that's a problem. So there's a lot of back and forth, but we need something. We need transparency. I'll address a couple of those things. Good, please. As a law enforcement officer, when there was no cameras, Mm -hmm. and then now that there are cameras, uh, of course, there was, we all fought against cameras. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we really saw the value of the cameras, which was in many cases, we were always, not always, we were often doing the right thing. Um, and Which I think is true. It, it, but they protect us all the time. We were probably more um, often um, uh, accused of stuff that we didn't do. Mm. And so the cameras You're talking were about um, body cams. Body cams and oh, yeah. dash cams on our patrol uh-huh. cars. You had both. You had two angles. And even in the back seat. Uh, and they became very valuable in the sense that we would be accused of something and say, uh, go to the tape. I, mm. I did not do that. Um, I was protecting myself or the person said this and then I responded with that, what have, mm-hmm. what have you. So it was a great tool for that. Uh, I think it's a great tool for teachers for when, t- when children are acting out that they have that uh, footage also. Absolutely. And then the last thing is I've thought a lot about this is that we don't need to make the, uh, the video footage, the recordings um, public. They will go into a system just much like our law enforcement do. It goes into a central data uh, base and they're pulled when necessary. And I, in part of my job, I uh, testify as an expert witness on uh, issues involving law enforcement. Hmm. And that's all I do is review these tapes all the time. And they get released as discovery uh, when something's necessary. So I think in a lawsuit, their discovery. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the people that need that, that, you know, you give them certain clearance. Uh, Certain people have clearance to view. Um, and so you could have it in, in, in that way to where it's not uh, a predator watching. It's, That's it's, so, okay. So everything you just told me there. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, 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 but here's the deal. I don't think that's been explained. Everybody hears camera in the classroom. They think live stream, somebody's going to put it on Facebook. Right, yeah. That's not what this is. Um, so if with that explanation, we never asked the why wow. people never ask the why, well, how, how does that work? Why would we do that? 
all of the things you just mentioned, it's a closed circuit. It's, it's something that is only accessed by authorized personnel in the, uh, in the case of a necessity. If there's a report, we confirm it. I think that's a great idea. And then the people behave. Yeah. I mean, well, we all change our behavior. We all change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as this camera goes off, you never know what we're going to say. Yeah. We were crazy before the camera started. We were dancing and all kinds so, of stuff. So uh, there you go. Hopefully I gave some information no, that, that would be helpful. And I think that's important. We have to be willing to talk about the things that we say, oh, this is, I don't like this idea, which is happening all the time. Right. I don't like this idea. Yeah. Uh, Todd's a Christian. He's got to be bad. <laughs> I knew a Christian once that did a thing that I didn't like. So therefore Todd's a Christian. He's bad, bad. Right. Ask a question. Ask a why, ask a how. I, I think that's that's one of the things. So you you mentioned my book earlier, Burn Your Plans and Do Things. I've done a lot of different things, but none of them I ever truly set out to say, I am going to get from A and I'm going to get to B specifically. It was in general. I never planned to become a CPA. So uh, cards on the table, my degree is in math education. I did my student teaching in the state of Missouri and I was I was a uh, credentialed teacher in the state of Missouri before I moved back from college like that. So I'm trained as a teacher. I see the things in the classroom. I've been in front of a school. I had, I had a kid light a firecracker off during class. That's not okay. And the kid didn't understand why. So you have to explain it to him. Uh, There are things that happen in classrooms that, especially in the day and age that we're getting to where kids get ideas that maybe didn't have earlier, or at least they're they're just more vocal about them now. Right. I think cameras with all of the safeguards in place you just mentioned could be a very good idea, but I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. Two real quick things. One is that uh, uh, using the cameras for training is also amazing. Oh, I, sure. I videotaped uh, all kinds of stuff uh, when I was involved in training canine handlers and videotaping, mm. and they were doing things that they didn't realize they were doing Yeah, and saying things they didn't realize they were saying. Yeah. And you catch them, and you go, oh man, I didn't even know that I was saying that. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Uh, number two is uh, I owned another part of my company was uh, narcotics dogs in schools. Yes. And uh, I, I have a tape of the uh, one of the, uh, the leadership of the school. I can't remember which one, but he got on camera and I was interviewing him. And he says, you know, the interesting thing once we started having dogs in our schools is that kids actually started turning in their homework. Because I don't know what the correlation was that is that they, they thought – they, 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 they're homework yeah, sniffing dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so they changed, it changed their whole behavior and things began to change in a very positive way since we had these dogs here. Just, yeah. And so anyway, a lot could come out of having these cameras, uh, not well, as many negatives as there is positives. I don't know. I don't know the, of the negatives. Well, anymore. and it all worked out. So, so I think law enforcement is a great example of how it can work well. And so many of the things that law enforcement gets accused of are proven innocent by the footage. A lot of the things that they're accused of that they're guilty of get proved by the footage. Like it's, it's the double-edged sword. Um, But you mentioned something. I was just going to say something about, we were talking about the cameras and um, I, I think it's, it's really important that we ask the question and I had something else I was going to say, and I don't remember what it was. Shoot. It's going to come to me though. And I'm going to, I'm going to totally interrupt you. Sorry. I keep doing that. (laughs) Um, Just real quick. Nicole says, keep the camera on the teacher only, not on the students in the class. Keep the students anonymous. Now I, I I hear what you're saying and that has been a thought, but I I personally don't know that that. Well, now here's, but is that, so that concept of saying, but anybody can get in and look at it. No, 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 no. Only authorized people can get in and look at it. It's not just 
out there for everyone. And that is something that we would monitor. And so, so Nicole, I, I agree with the concept, but with what Andy was just sharing, and probably the only way you would be able to do cameras in the classroom is it's a very, very sealed off system. Right. So what's the difference between the principle of viewing a video of the entire classroom uh, or going into the classroom and sitting in on a class? There's not that much difference. No. So, uh, so, and Nicole, I, I really respect what you're saying there, but I, I thought about that because that was one of my issues. And then, then we had the discussion, but, but to protect the teachers, yep. you also need to see the students. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yep. Um, I, I know this is going on long, <clears throat> but that's how my shows go. Uh, but I do want to, do you have to go? No. Okay. I'm here for the show, man. <laughs> We have an issue that's happening in our world right now. Yes. That is uh, coming. It's affecting our kids. I know of four uh, young uh, people. Uh, one of them just, just fresh out of high school. And I think three of them were in high school, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know the exact stats, so I don't want to give anything false. That have died from fentanyl poisoning hmm. uh, in our community. Just through people that I know at the gym and that kind of Here. stuff. Here. In our community. Wow. Yes. Uh, this is what they look like. These are the pills that look like uh, candy. They uh, look like the Flintstone vitamins that I remember exactly, getting. Exactly. Yes. Yes, for sure. And then the, these look like uh, the, the chalk that mm -hmm, they draw mm -hmm. pictures on the driveway. Uh, here's a picture of how much that is uh, needed uh, to uh, kill somebody. Wow. This is a lethal dose, and it's the one in the middle. It's the fentanyl. And all. Uh, this is heroin, which is a, a, a obviously, I don't know, 10 times more, something like that. And there's wow. the dime to show you the comparison. It's about a little bit larger than the, the ear. On uh, is that Eisenhower? Uh, <laughs> I think that's Eisenhower. I can't tell from this angle. It looks like Fauci, though. That's weird. Carfentanil is not as common, but look how little you need there. But either way, this is coming into our school in uh, L.A., which is not surprising, but this is just so sad. Mm. They found a 15-year-old girl in the bathroom of one of the high schools in Los Angeles dead, and they arrested a 15-year-old boy who gave it to her. Uh, so we know it's coming into our schools. We know that this is a huge problem. 300 people are dying a day. That's an airliner of people wow. dying a day. We went, we went to war for, you know, the, the four airplanes were used in 9-11. Yeah. Um, and, and in some cases, there were less than that people uh, in the plane. But 300 wow. people are dying a day of fentanyl in the United States of America. And most are the ages between 18 and 34, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also, again, goes down into 15-year-olds, as we've learned from that story. I just yeah. told you that just came out the other day. Well, when they're making it look like yes. something that looks fun and inviting, you, you're just like, here, take these. They'll make you feel better. Yeah, and they think they're taking something else. Yeah. That's why it's called a poisoning. Right. Uh, and they're, they're talking about making a weapon of mass destruction. Uh, some congressman or senator has brought that to the floor to see mm. if they can't get that passed. So bringing this back to the schools, mm -hmm. um, I, I, love, I love the idea. Uh, I, I have my concerns about the dog sniffing people that they were using. Mm. The homework I, dog I, sniffers? I, I can talk about that. <laughs> I can talk about that because I just know the industry so well. Yeah. But I, I love the idea of having those in the schools. But this is something that quite often dogs aren't trained to find. It is an opioid, really? uh, but they, dogs can have difficult unless they're actually training on it because it's so different in the chemi chemical makeup. That, and so I'm concerned. Huh. What, um, I don't think we have enough SROs uh, in our schools. I, I mm -hmm. believe we have one that covers like four or five schools or something right. like that. I forget what the number is. What, what do you think is possible uh, for school boards to address something like this that is literally killing our kids. Yeah, I think it's extremely important. First of all, I think it's something that it, it is uh, an epidemic across the country and we, we need to do something to guard against it because our kids are vulnerable to it. 
especially the young kids that don't necessarily know. And if it's a situation where it's peer pressure, that's, that's difficult for kids to really push against. Um, the SRO situation, it, I think that just comes down to, again, one of my comments earlier is we, we got to follow the money. Why don't we have funding for SROs on every campus or at least one for two campuses as opposed to spread across many campuses? I, I don't know the details, but that needs to be a high priority because we had a, a lockdown at Esperanza last year, what, last year or two years ago, because there was a gunman running through the neighborhoods, um, not oh, yes. on campus, not on campus, but those kind of things, they do happen. And to have something in place where we have SROs that are available to um, school resource officers, if you aren't aware of what that stands for, they're, they're, are they police officers? Yes. They're officially police officers that are assigned to school locations. Um, and I think we, we need to have that. And, and there needs to be a communication between the, the school resource officers, the district, the police uh, that are in the area for us, it's Orange County Sheriff and Yorba Linda. Um, and then there's Anaheim PD that covers where Esperanza is a and how we know what's going on, where we're at, what's been happening with these kind of things in the schools, those kind of reports, we need to be, we need to be updated on those. Yeah. What's important to remember when a, a, an officer is assigned to a school is that the right officer is assigned to the school. Now, listen, I've, it was 21 years of Anaheim Police Department. I have a lot of experience in, in, in who works at police departments. Mm -hmm. And not everybody is made for every job. Not everybody's made um, to be a, a homicide right. detective. Not everybody's made to be an SRO. But when you have a good school resource officer mm -hmm. who learns to communicate with the kids, they mm -hmm. will hear things and learn things. And it's so important mm -hmm. to have somebody in there that knows the kids. Yes, that's why I struggle with when you have an SRO that's responsible for five or six schools. Mm -hmm. it, it's so difficult. It's yeah. like a police officer in Anaheim. We are broken up into five uh, areas of Anaheim. Okay, and the reason being is that when you're assigned to a specific area in Anaheim, which is a large city, you get to know the residents, you get to know the business owners, you get to know who yes. belongs there and who doesn't belong there. Yeah, and that's the same thing with it. Why it's important. And so this is my my uh, plea mm -hmm. to you and anybody that may be listening that's uh, part of the district or the school uh, school board is that this is why it's important to have to reduce the number of people that a school resource officer is responsible for. Mm -hmm. Because once you build those relationships and trust, a, a student will come to you and say, hey, listen, uh, you know, such and such is selling stuff in the bathroom. Yeah. Or they're going off campus and doing these things. Or there's a hand-to-hand -hand being made th through the chain link fence on, on whatever street is bordering. These things will start to come out. So I, I just this is just me telling yeah. you that this, this is the reason why it's important. And for the, people. for the most part, those kids won't come forward unless they feel a level of trust with that resource officer or teacher or administrator, whoever they have to feel a level of, I can trust them because I, I see this going on. I know it's not right. I don't know what to do about it. I need someone to help. And if they don't know that school resource officer, or they don't trust them because they've never seen them before, they're not going to go to them. And so therefore we're not going to get to uh, fixing some of the problems that are creeping in. I, I agree with you hundred percent. And in some cases I know that this happens where they put the old disgruntled officer who's been beat down by the administration huh. and put him in school resource officer yeah. as a punishment. As a punishment. <laughs> yeah. And if you see that, that guy, yeah, can we get, uh, can we get a the, different can officer? Can we get somebody there? else? Yeah. Um, and so thank you for answering that question. Absolutely. It's a tough one because it's, it's so, it seems like it's not related to education, but it's an important part of our well, schools. So it's not related to education, directly it's a hundred percent related to parenting our our children 
and making sure that our children are safe, making sure that our children are cared for and making sure that they're not having to deal with stuff that is not age appropriate for them and, and basically confusing them in a way that's causing them to rethink stuff that we as parents, we want to be involved in helping them understand things. And if we think it's time for them to hear about it and talk about it and, and know these things, then that's up to us. It's not up to the education system. Right. Uh, we're getting ready to close out here. I just have to. I but could, it's only been an hour. I know. I could talk to you a lot longer. <laughs> but um, if you have any questions, there's a few minutes for you to write those into the comments. If there's something that I have not asked Todd that you want to know about, um, um, just write it there in the comments and, and we'll see it. If you're watching the replay and it, we're no longer live, also write in the comments your question because it'll pop up on my screen. And if Todd doesn't see it, I'll forward it to him. Mm-hmm. And then on a, a future show maybe that we'll do together or just on a future show of my own, um, I'll be able to ask that question or I can ask Rich when he comes, um, which That's that right. should be next week. I hope Good. Um, anything that um, that you need to talk about or would like to talk about that I have not asked you. Um, no, I, th- I think we've covered most everything. The, the thing I want to say is you can go to my website at voteforfraser.com, V-O-T-E-F-O-R-F-R-A-Z-I-E-R.com. And you can, uh, you can donate if you want to be part of the campaign. We still have mailers that are going out. We've got, uh, more signs that are being printed. We've got things that are happening that do cost money. Uh, so we do need that. Uh, also, if you have any questions about um, or concerns about the district that you'd like to have answered or have us look into, please let me know. You can uh, message us there on my website. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Instagram and I'm the one directly responding. I think that's important to say. Um, I'm running my social accounts. So if you message me on Facebook, it's me messaging you back. If you message me on Instagram, it's me messaging you back. So, and I think that's Todd Frazier for PYUSD uh, area four on Facebook and Instagram. So um, those are all, also you can go to my website and click the buttons at the top. And I'm going to be diving into, because I love them so much, doing a podcast about the campaign. That's also going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Apple. It's going to be on Spotify, all the places. So, you know, podcast, no unifying podcast oh very come on good. andy let's go unifying so just uh in case you uh, are driving uh, the link is in the description and i put the link in the chat so whatever you're watching if you want to you can go back to uh where when you arrive wherever you're going to you can find the link in there but definitely <laughs> click on it and just peruse it in a couple bucks every every dollar counts yep uh if you have a thousand dollars in your pocket put it in there that'd be awesome yeah. if and, you can spare uh, and one more, I want to get to Yvonne's question uh, really quick. Uh, and that is, if anybody's wondering why we are not addressing um, your opponent, the incumbent, as much, we mentioned her name a couple of times. I, I don't feel, I mean, there's so much we could talk about with mm-hmm. what's happened. Or I, I don't feel that it's necessary to attack a person. I thought it was more important to hear what it is you have to offer mm-hmm. uh, and what it is that you bring are going to bring to the school board. Um, well, and I think it's also pretty straightforward, especially when you read the candidate statements. If you go... On my socials, I just posted the candidate statements, all three of them that are going to be in the OC voter guide. Karen Freeman, the incumbent, has been there for 30 years. She's all education, all the time. And she has been a part of what's been happening in the district for 30 years. Yep. And if you don't like what's been happening in the district, then vote for Todd Frazier. I, I, I think it's a pretty simple difference. <laughs> yes. I, and that's nothing disparaging about Karen Freeman. I'm, I'm sure she's a fine lady. I know she's got kids and grandkids. But she's been a part of the district for 30 years. Absolutely. Oh. Yvonne. Oh, should I go this one first? Yeah, go, yeah let's talk to Yvonne. Uh, Hi, Yvonne. 
Yvonne uh, asks, is there something that is going to be done to prevent fraud in our election so PYLUSD doesn't cheat? You know, I don't know. That's Honestly, that's, that's the problem with this, especially California, with the mail-in and the absentee balloting being so large. So uh, mail-in ballots go out October 10th. And if you want to be vigilant in your neighborhood and just if you get to know your post office, your, uh, your um, mailman that's dropping stuff off, just kind of say, hey, does anything look weird? Is there any houses getting 30 ballots? Yep. You know, that's that's kind of a simple thing you can do. But as far as a system in place to prevent fraud. There is an organization and I, I will find it. True the vote. I heard yeah, about they are looking for volunteers to uh, be uh, ballot counters hmm. and to also, I think, be around where the, the drops drop boxes. Drop yeah, boxes, I believe mm-hmm. now, I could be wrong on that, but I believe that they are asking people to volunteer um, to be there. Just watch to mm-hmm. see if you see the same person coming back 10, 15 times. Yep. And with a pocket full of or a backpack full of. They're belts. only dropping five at a time, Andy, <laughs> but they're there a hundred times. <laughs> I've seen 2000 mules. Let's go. Uh, Dora says, go Todd Frazier. Thank you, Dora. Sorry, didn't mean to Dora has an awesome banner on her back wall. You should go see it on <laughs> Fairmont. Just saying. <laughs> oh, I see it. That's her. That's her. Yeah. It's one of them. Don't tell people. Okay. 20. Karen, <laughs> Karen uh, says, please ask. The buck crew to stop stealing and destroying Ingle signs. So that is an issue. In Area 5, there are several public signs for Richard Ingle that are being stolen, defaced, thrown down. Um, and it seems that was loud, rookie. Um, <laughs> so uh, it was just a coaster, guys. Don't worry. Um, that is a problem. And so it is illegal. It's, I don't know if it's a, I think it's a misdemeanor. But it's a thousand dollar fine if you're caught defacing signs or removing signs that are in public right of ways. So, um, and our sheriff, well, I think we'll do something about it. Our, yeah, our sheriff uh, officers. Mm-hmm. I agree. So deputies that that is that is not allowed. So don't do it. And if you're doing it, you're going to get caught. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna start watching. Mm-hmm. We, I'm not saying we don't have stakeout people, or we do. I don't know. Uh, is Dominion being used? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, question. I know that it's like a mix, at least when you go to the polling place here, because mine's at um, the Yermland, uh, Tommy Lasorda gym. It was you fill out the paper and then it goes into a machine. I remember years ago, yes. it was an actual machine. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know which is which. I go to the Yermalinda library. Oh, hey, that's fancy and new. That new Yermalinda library is pretty that's nice. Amazing. It's it really is. nice. I love it. Can I put up signs everywhere uh, on every corner, LOL? I want to see more <laughs> about. Yeah, so here's, here's the thing about that, Yvonne. I think it's, I think it's important for public spaces. The, the strategy is signs in yards equal votes, okay? When you have somebody that's willing to say, I want to stand up for this candidate that I believe in, that's almost like a personal private endorsement. Well, it is a personal private endorsement. And then your neighbors get to ask questions. Seeing them in public areas is good for name recognition, but there's nothing that ties that name to a person to make you feel like, oh, that's the person that I know, they're supporting them, so therefore I'll go for it. So right now, we're pushing towards yards. As we get the entire area covered uh, more broadly, then we'll start looking, putting signs up every place. But at the same time, I mean, there's 20... Todd Frazier banners across area four, four by eight banners on private property. 
and an eight foot by 24 foot banner on Orangethorpe. So banner wise, we're, we're pretty well covered. I would love to see more too. It's a banner bonanza it's out a, there. It's a banner nanza. Is that a thing? Can I, can <laughs> we, can we call it that term? A ban, banner nanza, ban, ban nanza. I don't know. Whatever. But as soon as we can, Yvonne, I'm going to give you the green line. You go. Yes. Oh, and I got to tell you the magnets. I, I keep forgetting to tell you. Oh yeah, yeah. They, my car doesn't, doesn't, they don't it's stick the to new my car. car. Yes. Yeah. We have, there's a couple of those that they don't stick so to. I know. I've well, tried to figure out, I've tried a couple duct of different tape. ways. Just duct tape them to the side of your car. That'd be worth yeah, right on that nice on that paint. I love you, but really I, nice. I don't know that I want to <laughs> do that to my car. Uh, Karen reminds us that after uh, this comes after their team, the buck team posted a warning about yes. it being a crime. And then they went out and stole a bunch of your signs yeah. or Rich's signs now. And yeah, that it's really, really interesting how those things aligned um, pretty closely. So that was I don't like the cue to still Ingle signs. Uh, it's, it seems <laughs> odd to me. I, and I'm just putting, I'm just using logic and reason, which is what we should all do. I haven't seen people wearing Carrie Buck signs or Carrie Buck shirts, pulling out rich Ingle signs. However, the only reason someone would pull a rich Ingle sign is if they disagreed and they agree with Carrie Buck. So mm-hmm. maybe it's just been really windy in one single area to blow down signs and take them away that nothing else is blown down around it. Maybe. Just in that area. Just I mean, blows you know, in that area. Yeah. Like a tornado. Jet stream. <laughs> right. Yvonne says she'll a 300 block. No, you're getting, you're getting more. Let's go. She's on it. That a girl. All right. Love it. We're going to end it unless somebody pops up with a question very quickly. Any last words, anything that we. No, I think, I think we covered. I just appreciate everybody's support. We have such a big group of volunteers that are really, really excited about, what has been going on or what what's starting to go on in PYLUSD. The parents of PYLUSD PYLUSD are great. And um, I'm just excited to help be a voice for those of us that are frustrated and ready for change. Very cool. Looking forward to voting for you. Awesome. Appreciate it. Everybody in my family. I'm I'm going to, even my, my grandmother who's passed away and my mom, they're going to vote for you. <laughs> Just they can only vote for Democrats, I think. <laughs> oh, I think that's darn. how that works. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate you guys watching. Make sure and share this video out. I know it's a long one, uh, but encourage people to watch it so they can learn about Todd and, and, and learn why he needs to be on our school board. That'd be really important. Subscribe to Vote PYL Vote. Uh, it's so important to vote that I said it twice in the name. And uh, unfortunately, I'm using my intro for my outro. And I say that because Todd will know that I'm using my intro for my outro. He wouldn't have known. I just have. I wouldn't have to, even said anything. I haven't had time to. I wouldn't have out. called you out. I would have said, great outro, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Here it goes. Love you guys. God bless. Talk to you later. Bye.